Sabbath keeping as we begin in 2020. As I was sitting here just reflecting on, on this is how we're beginning our year, I was also looking at this sign. Uh, the reason we have this sign up here is because we are entering in, uh, at the end of this series, we're entering in a, a basically an initiative that is called the Vital Church Initiative. And we're going to be learning more about what it means um, over the next year to be a vital congregation and uh, maybe making some changes next year, trying some new things as we enter more into the process. But this, this concept of vitality coming alive in, in Christ, being planted in his word as it uh, teaches us in Psalm 1, a really good way to start on the path, on the journey to coming alive and being vital is to think first about Sabbath. We talked about last week that, that our work comes from the rest we have in Christ. That Adam and Eve started their week. Their day one was God's day seven. So they came from their work, from, from their rest, into their life of, of work and worship. So here we are in this, in this series. Um, I also was thinking this morning that you might be wondering, why are we doing this? I mean, what, is, is it really that big of a deal, this whole thing about Sabbath? Well, one answer to that question is that it was a big deal for Jesus. The Gospels are full of questions posed to Jesus about the Sabbath, like the text we have before us today. And these people, the Pharisees, were the ones most often asking the questions, posing questions like this, because they were basically, the Pharisees were basically a powerful political group during Jesus' day. And all through the gospel accounts, all through these stories we have about Jesus, we see that they're constantly lurking in the crowds, waiting, watching, for Jesus to say something that they can use against him. And all through the story of Jesus' life, they're even right there at the end, they're building a case that would eventually be brought to, to crucify him. So they're, they're watching and they're waiting. They're, so they're the ones who were watching Jesus and his disciples, uh, watching them walk through this field of ripe grain that day. And as they walked, this disciple started taking some of it in their hands. It may have been corn, but maybe it was something like wheat. And, and, and they, they plucked it, and then they probably were, removed the husks, and they were basically snacking on it as they, as they walked along. So this question comes from a group of tattletales, really. And they're saying, hey, your disciples, Jesus, your disciples, they're breaking the rules. Now, why was this um, even an important question? Well, one thing you need to know is that for, for the Jews living during this time in Palestine under Roman occupation, Sabbath keeping was something that distinguished them as Jews. 
In our first sermon on this subject, uh, Pastor Dan mentioned that this was part and parcel of their understanding of who they were. A people who had come out of slavery in Egypt, a people with no end to their work, that's what slavery is. And God taught them, after they came out of Egypt, God taught them in the Ten Commandments to keep the Sabbath every seven days, to remember who God is and who they were as a people. So as an occupied nation, devout Jews knew that they were really only one generation away from dissolving into nothing if they would forget some of these important things. So Sabbath was important. They taught it to their children. They lived it. They needed to know how to do it. This was survival for them. And so then last week we saw that Deep in the Judeo-Christian understanding of creation is this belief that, that we as humans were created in God's image to work six days and then rest one day. That there's a, a, a holy rhythm in God's time. And when we're tempted to ignore this, we do so at our own peril. Things will not go well. So, here are Two main points from, from uh, that first sermon, who we are distinctive, distinctively as God's children. And then last week, the second point, how we're created to live in time, God's time, working six days and ceasing from that work for one day on the seventh day. So today I'd like to raise a third, uh, basically, a third point or a third principle about Sabbath and and it comes in the form of Jesus' statement, which we see only here in the Gospel of Mark. It's not in the other two very similar accounts of this event in Matthew and Luke. We call the three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic Gospels. And this event appears in all three, but there's this one statement is only found in Mark. It's this phrase. The Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. And then there's this phrase, which is in all three, the, the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. So this unique statement from Jesus is, I think, a vital key in our understanding of Sabbath keeping. It has to do with what, what is work and what is not work. If Sabbath-keeping is not working, then how will we know what is work and, and what is not work? This gets dicey. <laughs> the rabbis, the Jewish teachers of Jesus' time and afterward, they wrote copious instructions, a lot to spell this out. There was a list of things that were forbidden on the Sabbath day. 39 categories of actions. <laughs> the list included kneading bread, baking, slaughtering animals, hammering, dyeing wool and weaving, performing strenuous activity, traveling, worrying, earning money, tying a knot, plowing, planting, harvesting, Lighting or extinguishing fire, 
cutting fingernails, writing more than one letter of the alphabet, boiling eggs, putting out a lamp, getting a haircut up to one hour before afternoon prayers before the Sabbath so that if the scissors broke, they would need to be fixed. As you might imagine, this gets complicated and even a little silly in a hurry. In our passage and in others, Jesus had an amazing way of cutting through the silliness and boiling it down to the main point. So here, he basically says, the Sabbath was made for a purpose, to serve us. We weren't made to serve the Sabbath. So in other words, the Sabbath is something to look forward to. It's not a reward for work, necessarily, but rather a time of reconnection with who we are in Christ that gives perspective and energy for our work. And as I said last week, the simplest way I've heard of articulating what not to do on the Sabbath is to refrain or cease, the word Shabbat means stop, cease, to cease from anything in your life that you have to, ought to do, should do, or must do. (laughs) Basically, those four categories cover just about everything. So this understanding better fits with Jesus' point about the Sabbath purpose in in the first place is to serve us rather than somehow trying to serve the Sabbath, imposing on ourselves something that's a burden. So speaking of serving... If we, as Jesus' disciples, if we are going to serve, who are we going to serve? We're going to serve him, right? Because he is, as he says, Lord of all. He is Lord of the Sabbath. So in a nutshell, here's how to think about work and Sabbath. Stay aware of who is in charge. Jesus' answer to the Pharisees was basically, you're asking the wrong question. They were asking, hey, are you okay with your disciples harvesting grain on the Sabbath? His answer was, well, if I told them to, it's okay. You see, this question was about their use of time, and Jesus answers from the perspective as the Lord of time. So, what if you and I were to ask ourselves a similar question about our use of time? Are we keeping the Sabbath, Jesus' way? If not, why not? What's getting in the way? I mean, it may be our work, but it may not be work. It may be something else. But here's the deal. Are we willing to think about this question from Jesus' Jesus' perspective? as Lord. 
If we're too occupied with something else, too busy to observe the Sabbath, can we really say that we're living our lives with Jesus as Lord? This was the point, I believe, of Jesus' response to the Pharisees. You follow what I'm saying? You and I may feel too busy to disengage from work for 24 hours each week. But why? What will happen if we step away from work for one day out of seven? What will happen? Can we trust Jesus for this? It, it may be that our family schedules was keeping us running too fast to stop for 24 hours and take a Sabbath. Why is the family schedule so overwhelming? Sometimes I see parents who are, to be frank, they seem to be frantic about providing activities for their school-age kids, sports, music, arts, all, all of this. Why? Why so much? Do we dare to lay all of this at the feet of the one whom we say is Lord and ask, when is enough enough? If we're not able to keep the Sabbath, what does that say? Now, I mentioned parents of young children last week, and I just want to say just one side note here. If you have little, little ones, I want to affirm that Sabbath keeping is a huge challenge. And one of the best ideas I have heard is, is uh, parents of little, little ones get together with other parents and help each other provide some kind of Sabbath experience. It may not be once every week, but it may be uh, once every other week as, as, as parents partner together. Or good use of grandparents, which I'm in favor of. I love that. A.J. Swoboda in his book, Subversive Sabbath, says that the Bible has a word for Sabbath minus any work. Laziness. Likewise, the Bible has a word for work without Sabbath. Slavery. When God freed Israel from Egypt during Moses' time, he proved himself to be against slavery. Proved himself to be the freer of the, the liberator of slaves. My question is, are we living in a kind of slavery to schedules that put something else in God's place? Are we worshiping our work? Are we worshiping our kids' activities? Are we worshiping our recreation to the point that we're effectively enslaving ourselves to it? This morning as we receive communion, I encourage you to remember the words of Galatians 5.1. The Apostle Paul wrote, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. You see, Sabbath keeping 
is a valuable way to stay free from the way our work, our schedules, our family responsibilities, the way they tend to tyrannize us. Jesus paid the price for our freedom. So let's use this time during communion to reflect on how we might more fully live into this freedom. Can you, can I trust Jesus with whatever it is that keeps me running too fast to keep the Sabbath? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.